Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and on today's show, folks, we are doing a subscription economy update. Ronald, how are you? I'm good, Ed. How are you? Very, very good. Thanks. Thanks for yes. asking. It's been a heck of a week again. Again, uh, yeah. I was doing a lot of programs yesterday, starting at uh, like 5.30. Lost I know. We talked a little bit yesterday, and you lost your voice a little bit. I, well, I didn't lose it. It was just getting iffy, you know? I... I should have had more drink up here as I was doing all these, but um, yeah, but it was a good day. It was a good day, so maybe we'll talk about that on the bonus. All right, good. Yeah, bonus episode on patreon.com slash TSOE for those of you out there, but Ron, what we want to, this is a, a kind of a ever-emerging conversation that we have about subscription, what's going on in the subscription economy, who's offering subscriptions, and we decided to do this update show oh, uh, three or four weeks back because it's been a while since we've done one. We've done a number of these. But I don't know about you, but we I got I got in announcing it last week. We talked a little bit about it. I got three emails about the Taco Bell subscription. So let's yeah. just get that out of the way. Thank you all for sending it to yes. us. We really appreciate it. I'm sure you got it as well. Uh, yeah. So Taco Bell is offering a subscription. <laughs> in uh, Tucson, Arizona, and what, 19 locations, 17 locations, mm -hmm. uh, what is it, 30 days straight, you get one taco a day, is it, um, mm -hmm. 5 to $10 a month, depending on the location. Uh, Steve Chase, I think, for me, wins the best line in all of this. <laughs> he says, where was this when I was in college? <laughs> 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 Definitely better than the ramen noodles. Yes, that's for sure. Although, well, um, depends on what you mean by better. Uh, well, yeah, know. yeah, no, it's uh, that point. But uh, I, I don't know, Ed. This, I think, this is a really bad idea. I mean, this kind of turns my stomach on subscription. If you want to know the truth, but I, we take back everything we said for the yeah, last two yeah. and a half years ne about never subscription. mind. Forget never it. Mind. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Burger King tried this, you know, with five dollars a month coffee, and it bombed, and they discontinued it. Panera Bread is still going strong. Um, they have an eight dollar ninety nine cent a month uh, a month subscription for the first three months that are free. And less than a year after they launched this, I did not know this, they have a half a million paying subscribers now. Now, the, those paying subscribers are spending more money per visit, you know, to Panera. So it's, uh, it's an effective strategy just for coffee. Why Starbucks isn't in on this, I have no idea. I was thinking about that and, and possibly because Starbucks is known specifically for coffee, whereas Panera, their primary primary thing is the sandwiches and f food, and, right. and and coffee is a little bit of a giveaway. And it, I think it's just their drip coffee. I, although I suppose Starbucks could do the drip coffee thing too, and that's what the subscription is, and maybe even get higher tiers if you want, you know, your latte or or flat white or whatever. But yeah, I'm you know I'm 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 surprised they haven't tried it. Maybe they maybe they will. 
uh, but I'm not sure about this one for specifically for Taco Bell for lots of different reasons. One, I'm I'm not quite sure that you can do a taco every day for thirty oh, days. I mean, I no, just yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. Not sure. I could I'd get my car washed every day before I would do that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So that's a little odd. Now I I could see certainly some of these fast food chains moving to some kind of a drink, so free iced tea, free Coke or Pepsi, whatever it is that they. Offer, I think Taco Bell is Pepsi, but uh, and then and then that would bring people in the same way that Panera is using the coffee as the subscription as the hook. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, definitely Pepsi. Uh, Pepsi owns them. Pepsi owns Yum, which owns KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell. Right. Um, with a market cap, by the way, of almost thirty-eight billion dollars. It's kind of well, amazing you know. when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember the one comedian talking about I was driving down the highway. I saw a sign on the side of the road. It said, food, gas. He said it was a Taco Bell. It was a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> now, just, let's take this a step further, though. Couldn't Yum loop KFC and Pizza Hut into this, especially if they yes. did a drink thing together, right? So Yes. Now, that would be more innovative, provide more variety. And would you know spread them across their brands? I, I think that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that I think that's a better way to go, especially the notion of it being the drink. You know, so the free 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 drink with whatever. Although they do make a lot of money on the drink, so that's that that I guess is is the the holdback on it. It also made me think, Ed, and I know we've talked about this. I think Reginald brought this up. I think you've brought this up uh, with a particular restaurant that. Um, also, you can subscribe to them, but then you get a like a wine cellar, mm-hmm. right? What's yep. that place? Uh, Reginald brought one up out of Florida. You brought one up in Texas, right? Aren't they? Yes, and it it actually had had made it through COVID pretty well, but then they they still closed for whatever reason. But yeah, it was a, it was a destinations wine bar that was the name of it, which is mm-hmm. right over by the theater uh, that uh, my daughter does her her shows in. But yes, that's what they, they had. They had a subscription-based wine cellar there, which I thought was pretty cool, innovative. And I guess a lot of steakhouses do that as well. You know, this is going to be a constant theme for today. But um, one of the things that you really have to do with subscription is uh, your your offering has to be better than your yes. normal offering. You have to up your game. Mm-hmm. I mean, at, at Disney, I think, is really doing a good job with this. But when I think about restaurants... We haven't seen a lot of movement in this space. We've seen some. I've read about, you know, some offering subscription. But think about Nobu. You know, if Nobu were to offer a subscription where if you're a subscriber, you know, they close the restaurant, have members only, and Nobu's there personally or one of his, you know, personally trained chefs, uh, and they have special events, special offerings only for you when you come in, maybe even a completely different menu, for you and you just come in on a regular night. I mean, th- that's what I'm talking about. Your offering has to be different, right? Yeah. It's got to be, you've got to up your game here. And, and I think that's why when you look at Porsche, they say, no, no, it's not just one car. Sure, you can get a plan with one car, but we'll give you access to seven or whatever it is. You know, that's, you got to, you, you, you got to plus the offering as Disney would say. Yes, totally agree. And there's there is a lot of stuff in in my stack on this, including uh, a bunch of articles from Subscribed. This one that I'm looking at right right now, Ron, was industrial companies shifting to subscription models need to think beyond technology. And I thought this was really good. They they talked about this one company called Schneider Elect- Electric 
they provide how subscription business really transforms the logic around the product. What they do, their core business in 2000 was installation and building systems. Today, it offers flexible usage models for efficient energy management and develops Internet of Things solutions that can be seamlessly integrated. So there's, and that's what I really like this. You just said plus it like Disney. I think people, so many people miss that. Uh, you know, the great example that, that you uh, shared a while back was in the software implementation space where you're offering coverage if somebody leaves the company and some you're, you'll say, hey, listen, I'll send somebody in and we'll take care of that person's job and help you hire somebody new. That turnover insurance, which I think was great. That's that's a great idea. And that's why what I think people really need to think about and move to to is is not not just take your offering and make it and divide the payments by twelve, which I think so many people think that's all subscription is. And yeah. if they, they and they clearly haven't listened to our show, if that's no. the case. And they've never read a book on a real yeah. subscription model. You know, their idea is still the Columbia House thing or whatever, and it's like, no, no, this thing has evolved and it's gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so what I liked about this is that he, in this article, he talks about uh, the, the three ways that, that you can price your core products, which is assets first, right, S- straightforward, simplest, hey, we're selling you devices, we're selling you uh, software, services first, which is what many of you know, Sage partners will do, is they'll put the services first, so premium service, and then include in some of the software as part of it, and maybe you buy that separately. But then he throws out the subscribe first, which I think is a great idea, uh, and I I think this is going to take off, Ron. I think this this really is. We I I had two conversations this week with organizations in the software implementation space that are going full on subscription for Im- right on. implementations. Yep. Oh, good, good. Yep. Um, yeah, the thing that strikes me about IoT and the and manufacturers, if you think about their challenges. They have to find a service to wrap around their offering. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that's IoT, right? It's your tires are, you know, being monitored constantly. We can tell you when you need to replace them, all of that. But then they have to offer the service that does the maintenance and everything. So every manufacturer is looking for a service, and here we are, service providers. <laughs> we've, right. I think we've already got a leg up. We don't have to worry about a physical offering. Mm-hmm. I think that opens up many more possibilities, and yet people see that as some type of a restraint. I think you're more restrained if you're a manufacturer. I agree. And for, for example, what one of these companies is doing is creating a, a, a software library of, of reports, customized reports that they have created for their other customers, and they're selling them then just the, the runtime edition of the rep, of the report. Uh, it's not a report writer, but it's just it just runs the reports instead. But they give them full access to their library of reports. Now, in a lot of cases, what the the, the customer looks at this and goes, "Well, none of these are, are exactly what I'm looking for." However, if you can you take that one and tweak it for me, and the answer is always yes, we can. And it also spurs the thinking when the customer goes into their report library to look at all of the stuff that's been created. All of a sudden, now the customer's thinking, "Oh, I didn't realize that or the system could t- handle something like that." Or, or can you help me set it up, set my system up so that it would be able to do that? So they're really leveraging off the creation of these reports that they've done for their portfolio of customers 
you know, and putting them in a place where other customers can see them. Now, they can't see, you know, the name of the company that created the report or anything. It's just, hey, this is a report that does, I don't know, cash flow by week or something, right? But they're able to see that. And that, of course, then spurs new ideation for them to create new stuff for the customers. I think that's extraordinarily valuable. So providing access to other people's ideas. Great, great idea. Great thought. Yeah, you know, in one of the teen newsletters, they talk about Apple can no longer, you know, that case, the judge, the Apple can no longer force developers yes. to pay its, uh, what is it, the 30% cut that Apple takes. Um, so now, basically, what this does is it frees up all of these app developers, game makers, whatever, to, to, to have a direct relationship with their customers. They don't have to go, the payment doesn't have to go through Apple anymore. Right. So now they get this chance for a direct relationship. Like we talk about the NFL. Why don't they have a subscription service? For, you know, the NFL knows nothing about their average fan. Mm-hmm. And and uh, when I think about and this is a part that's unexplored, but it's out there. And I think this is the gold rush renaissance part of this movement. When you think about Porsche and its expansion of the Porsche drive program. Not only are they going to have that that relationship with the customer, and eighty percent, you know, subscribers are new to the brand, but think about the monetization monetization opportunities down the road, Ed. They'll know what cars you prefer. They'll know where you drive. They'll know where you vacation. They'll know a ton about you. Mm-hmm. Could they offer you other services in that car? Other digital types of services? I I don't know music. I I don't even know. But I think there's lots of opportunities for them to team up with other businesses. And, you know, as you're driving, yeah, 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 you have your Taco Bell subscription, you know, and, uh, you know, I just think it just opens up the door to all sorts of opportunities that we're not even thinking about. Yep. Especially as cars do become autonomous or more autonomous that, you know, then you, then you can do all kinds of stuff because there's entertainment subscriptions, subscriptions that you sell while you're in the car, able to do certain things. Heck, even fly that Taco Bell out on a drone to wherever you are so you don't even have to get off the road. Yeah, you know? or your Panera coffee, like we talked well, about last yeah, you, week well, in you, Australia. I mean, you just, you just, you, 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 the the order goes out. It's a pre order to a Panera bread or whatever. That's that's ten miles down the road. Uh, the the drone takes off and meets you halfway, lands on top of your car on some kind of port, and you can get your coffee. Right? Never, never, never even leave the road. Yeah, yeah, I saw one one cartoon about the problem with drone delivery and the drones, you know, crashed on the driveway and the guy's Domino's pizza's on the roof and it's, you know, it came out of the box and it's dripping down. It was hysterical, but... <laughs> there will be issues, but they'll work them out. Uh, but I do want to get back to that Apple thing after our first break. want to remind folks that they can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is The Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. I mentioned our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, where you can listen to commercial-free versions of the show, including and our bonus episodes. We also do some bonus videos at certain levels, so you might want to get in on that. But do us a favor and subscribe to one of our sponsors of the Patreon channel, and that is Blake Oliver over at Earmark CPE, earmarkcpe.com. And now, a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. We are talking subscription economy update here on The Soul of Enterprise. And Ron, I want to get back to something that you mentioned in the first segment, and that is the lawsuit against Apple with regard to subscription services and how they can no longer lock out and the purchases now no longer have to go through Apple's marketplace, but people can can buy credits elsewhere. Uh, this was a, also part of the gaming industry. I, I think we talked about this on one of our bonus episodes previously about this, where uh, games like uh, Fortnite wanted to sell credits, and uh, and Apple would not let them do that. They pulled the game for a while, so it was a lot of back and forth on this. But yes, so this was a ruling. I think uh, two weeks ago, Friday, judge ruled that Apple can no longer force developers to use its payment and apps. I might sound like a small detail, but it's a big a big deal. Of course, Teen So protested this ten years ago uh, when when he was uh, founding Zora because he felt that subscribers should be able to go directly through. Now, I think they still they they, they can still collect the names. I just think that Apple has every right to uh, hold on to that customer information. In because it's their marketplace. And look, if you don't like it, do what the New York Times did. Leave the marketplace, leave it. and yeah. if enough people leave the marketplace, then Apple is going to be able, going to be for, forced to change its mind through actual market competition. Right. But if not, why, why use the courts to enforce somebody else's business model? And this is this this is starting to uh, gain traction. Got another story here about DoorDash. So DoorDash is suing New York City because New York City passed a law that requires it to share it, the customer data with the restaurants that it uses. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. You know, we're the one who's providing this service. Why do we have to share the, the customer data with the restaurant? And again, you know, same thing. Let those restaurants that don't want to do that use have somebody their own else. Delivery. Yeah, yeah, get their, own, their own, own delivery. delivery. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I don't understand why the court has to get involved, or or not just the court. And it's the court in Apple's case, but here in New York City, it's the government already passed the law that says they they couldn't do it. This is ridiculous. This is this is restraint. We're we're mucking around with the price system again, and you know that makes me crazy. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Tom Hazlett, remember Tom Hazlett talking about yep. uh, the walled garden? You know, AOL was a walled garden. Apple is a walled garden. Mm-hmm. Th- that's just one business model that's out there. You don't like it? Go to another business model. I I totally agree the market let the market go and and get the courts and other people's judgment out of it right um ed there's a dutch bed retailer better bed holdings that's launching sleep as a service and and i found this one really sleep as a service sleep as a service is great right that's the best (laughs) SaaS acronym i've heard um (laughs) it offers four types of box springs ranging from 1995 euros per month to 60 euros per month uh, that's between like twenty four and seventy one dollars for us in America, um, and they have they have a website. Some of their beds sell up for around sixty five hundred euros. Wow! So I'm not sure which of the four types, you know, what their price range is in. But what do you think about a bed on subscription? It's it seems a little weird, but you know, Rufus subscription sounded weird to me too until you start diving into it and starting to see. I, I guess if 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 you're going to be able to get the latest and greatest bed technology, or uh, that that's that that's perhaps a good thing, or certainly uh, you know, see are able to see which one you like. I mean, let, let's face it, a lot of mattress places have these. If you don't like it within 30 days, we'll return it. But who the heck wants to do that? In fact, they know that. That's why they sure. The, it's like they, giving you the puppy they, for seven days. Yeah. Nobody's going to bring it back. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So it's it's very rare. I guess it happens. I'm sure that that ha- that happens. But this, I think, really is then encouraging people to say, "Hey, listen, if you don't like this, hey, swap it out. We have we have other models available." I I think that might be a really good thing for them to to and again connect directly with their customer and something that you're probably not going to change once you start using their service. It's likely to be very sticky. If I have a second home and I'm there for four or six months out of the year, okay, uh, maybe I'll subscribe to the bed and then app, and then pause it or can't you know pan, mm-hmm. uh, pause it, the subscription. I could uh, there's lots of there's lots of room for this option. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to think just as a homeowner, would I subscribe to a bed? And I think most people would say no. But what if it was a second home or a home that you were renting out? Mm-hmm. You know, you might have a different economic calculation there. So. I think this is going to be really interesting to see what happens with it. Um, the other one I have, and we have mentioned this in the past. I just want to bring it up again because I, I find this very interesting. Disneyland is offering the Magic Key program, and it's a subscription to Disneyland. Now, they have four tiers. Mm-hmm. It starts at three ninety nine a month uh, or $19 a month. Uh, and you have to pay 179 down payment. All their options, you have to pay 179 dollars down payment. I don't know why, but that's. Now we talked about upping your game, and the way they up their game, and I think these this is really interesting. I'm going to take their dream key, which is their top tier, 1,399 dollars a year. Um, that's 102 dollars a month. Now I'm not sure what a Disney annual season pass costs. But th- there's that option as well. Mm-hmm. This is more expensive, I believe, than the annual pass. But here's what you get. You get up to six uh, park reservations holds. You can make six reservations at a time uh, for different things. You get 20% off select merchandise, 15% off you know, food and beverage. Uh, and 
your theme, your park, your parking's included. My guess is they probably have a special space, you know, for for the members. Mm, yeah. So and and you know they talk about they're going to be adding special events for the magic key holders. You know, they're probably going to have special tours, other things. Uh, maybe you know, eventually, I think you'd be able to link some things in with Disney Plus, right? Maybe a new movie theater you know goes in and you get to see new releases there whatever i you know i'm sure they have other ideas beyond this but um i just think that's really cool and it just does force you to up your game you can't just offer what you've been offering and call it subscription no no and i think mark stiving makes this point in his book when when uh keep grow you're it's got to be a better offering period Mm -hmm. got to be superior offering yeah, and then I think that's where get people the people get a little bit stuck. Well, how you know how can I make this a superior offering? And what and what's funny is that we 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 can see it outside the industry that we're not in. You know, when we have had people do the 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 roof ex- exercise, they come up with lots of creative things. When when we say, hey, what are you going to do to subscribe to a roof? But and then when it's when it's when the spotlight is turned on your company, it's like ah, uh, what do we do? <laughs> What do we do? Right, right. Like some of those you know, rental runway and some of those other outfits that you, you subscribe to clothes. Okay, you can get clothes, but you also have like a personal designer or concierge, I forget what they call them, that, that knows your measurements, that knows your tastes and what you like and what looks good on you based on your frame. I mean, that's an enhanced value mm-hmm. that I'm not getting in a transactional relationship. Yeah, I I had a, a boss one time who 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 did not live in Dallas, but whenever he came to Dallas, he would go to this this one clothing store that he'd known for years. It was called I think it's still around called Pockets in Dallas, and they they basically had him on subscription before subscription was a thing. They when when the new season of clothes would come out, they would put together a box, send his, send him the clothes, and said send us back what you don't want. Because his personal dresser knew the style, he knew what he wanted. He so that he would send and 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 he said in a lot of cases, most of the time I didn't send anything back. Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, Nordstrom did do that. With they, you know, they have like the person, you know, your own personal shopper or whatever they mm-hmm. call it, personal buyer consultant, and and they they do that. I think they do that too for their top tier. I know Neiman Marcus used to do that. Stanley right. Marcus writes about that, and that, that's for their top tier customers. Here's another outfit, Ed, that I found fascinating. Grover, a German circular. You've heard of the circular economy. We're going to have to do a show on that. What a, oh, God. That's the whole Davos world economic is circular economy, which basically means recycle. Right. Okay, essentially. But this outfit, Grover, uh, in Germany, raised a billion dollars in equity and asset-based financing. It's a Berlin-based startup. It provides access to consumer electronics on a subscription basis and when you bring them back you know they either refurbish them or they recycle them um they they want to enter austria austria netherlands and spain um they have circulated 475,000 products to date they've doubled their subscriber numbers in the first half of the year uh i don't know what kind of electronics i mean i, I would imagine like tvs and tv yeah. y- y- you know stuff like that um I, I don't know if they do kitchen appliances or whatever it doesn't really say um but I, that's not a bad idea no pretty good idea actually yeah I, I was really intrigued by that and then um 
another one in here that I thought was really well, and we kind of talked about this, but you know, the Suicide Squad. You, I think you brought it up, and um, just how we're measuring. We're looking at um, the box office take, you know, on opening night or weekend or whatever, right? The old metric, and it, what, the point teen makes that I love is nobody's talking about if the movie's any good. <laughs> no, all of this chatter and nobody's talking about if the movie's it. And, and he said the opening weekend box office doesn't tell you if the movie's good. It just tells you a bunch of early adapters that will go see anything, right, when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, just I, I, I did find that really interesting. And I just loved how he said, and it can't, I don't think this can be reiterated enough. Movie theaters are, are popcorn vendors. And I know they've tried a couple of um, subscription things in that world. Was it Movie Pass or something? Who who? I think it was Cinemark too. Yeah, Cinemark. Yeah, and they and I know they pulled it, um, but but I don't think that's dead. I just think they need help. They need help from Netflix, Apple TV, uh, some of these other streaming services, and they could probably do. They could probably find it. Yeah, and it won't be long before maybe a streaming streaming service goes and buys a movie theater chain or or at least lends their name to it or something i I could see that to see things on the big screen as part of it well and i think it's it's all about that's all about creating that 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 experience so well ron we are up against our next break want to remind you that you can contact us by sending that email to ask tsoe at verisage.com of course we have rate this podcast.com slash tsoe where you can of course rate this podcast and we do love to hear from you on that so please go out to rate this podcast.com slash tsoe to rate the podcast but right now a word from our sponsor voice america is on your favorite smart speaker if you have alexa or google home go ahead and give us a try hey alexa Play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Thank you. 
You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Talking subscription economy update here on The Soul of Enterprise. And also, just a quick reminder that our Patreon channel is also sponsored by 90 Minds. If you need a mind, get one at 90minds.com. Ron, subscription came to the software industry. Well, has been in the software industry for quite some time, but uh, some news, some news regarding it, and that including one of the competitors of Sage uh, into it is now for QuickBooks 2022 uh, is going to have even their desktop on-premises with an S, right. not, not right. on-premise, yes. on-premises is now going to be subscription only uh, and they've completely eliminated the one-time purchase of their retail version so be interesting to see how that goes there was there's been a lot of pushback as i'm sure that there there would be if when when anybody moved there was pushback when adobe did it lots and lots of pushback you know they've had a lot of people move to their online offering anyway but this i think just kind of makes that a little gives it even a little bit more of a push hey you might as well move over but i'm not going to comment on the 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 pushback at all just wanted to put it out there that you know that's it's it seems to be ramping up and uh happening more and more with software companies and their desktop versions of their software as well yeah i mean it's something that's always intrigued me about the uh especially in the accounting software space you see these companies these upstarts that are coming up and they're you know some of them are subscription based from day one and then of course you've got the legacy publishers that had to move from that on-premises to Mm -hmm. uh cloud and I always thought that at some point, you know, the the, the legacy publishers is going to have to flip the switch like Adobe did and say, that's it. No more, no more desktop. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that, which surprised me. Um, and, and I think it's, it's going to go back into what we talk about on how to pivot. Um, you know, it's really hard to pivot a legacy system. I mean, it can be done, but it, it took them a long time, took Intuit a long time to, to do that. And now I don't know, what does that mean that I subscribe to an on-premises software? Does that mean they're going to continue to support it, upgrade it, add to it? Or should they be throwing all their resources at their cloud offering? Yeah, um, it's it, it, an interesting quest, uh, question. But then also, you, if you're going to offer an on-premises product that does have subscription, it means it's got to call home to mama. Yeah. Right, right, right. So that's that's got to be that's got to be in place to to do so. And you know, most of us are all connected, but there, I mean, you know, there's just got to be some companies that are out there that don't have constant connection to the internet. So what what what's going to happen there? So. Yeah, yeah, no, this is really interesting. Um, it also reminds me of another story. This one uh, Greg sent us about Tesla ditches its solar panel subscription plan. Um, you know, they, I guess it was like $65 a month uh, you could get into solar panels. You know, I think that was the starting price or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, we don't know why they, the program was shut down probably cause, uh, <laughs> you know, they didn't get a lot of sign up. but I think, um, Greg sent us an email and he, and he said, look, he said, it sounds like they just, you know, we're using this as a financing option. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an enhanced offering. It's not like I got better solar panels or I got a battery or, you know, some type of enhanced, some type of plus. Yep. It was just, oh, this is just another way to pay for it. And then you start putting the consumer in the mindset of, well, I can pay for it outright or I can pay for it every month if I, you know, put it on a second mortgage or a line of credit or something. I mean, it's got to be more than just a financing option. 
So to that end, I got another good example, a quick example of plussing things. And this was out of a, a podcast that I listened to, uh, the Cato Daily podcast on uh, on onerous regulations that will are going to be stick around after COVID-19. Yes. And, but it, it, a throwaway at the end of this podcast was a story about a nurse practitioner who charges $200 a month as a DPC, direct primary care. No, this is nurse. She's not a doctor. Right, right, and that's what this right. was about is are they going to yes. let these nurses continue yes. on to the, the in these practices? But $200 a month, which is more than our friend Dr. Paul. But here's the hook for this nurse practitioner at $200 a month. It's also a yoga studio. Hmm. Sure. So it's direct primary care and yoga all in one and for and it's unlimited amount of yoga visits that you want to make during the uh during the month so yeah, that's awesome that that's a terrific idea to and, integrate and, those two things together especially when you're talking about wellness right and it's probably a, she's not the yoga instructor i would imagine she teamed up with like a yoga studio or some yoga entrepreneur it was right? not mentioned i don't okay. i don't know and it, my guess her name is she specifically was not mentioned but yep yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just do think it lends itself to you know Paul Dunn used to talk about this that you, that, that you could you know a hair salon could team up with a car wash establishment or a mobile car so when you're getting your hair cut your car's outside being washed mm -hmm. you know is an enhancement and I think there's so many opportunities there Ed that we're, we're just not we're just not creative enough we're not thinking imaginatively enough to, to plus that customer experience agreed yep uh, but the Tesla thing, I think it, it, it brings up the same issue as we saw with all those car companies that launched a subscription and then just they died quietly in their sleep, um, except for Porsches. And even Porsches was tweaked. And we know the problems with that, the mileage restrictions and all of that crap. Uh, but I, I think this kind of goes back to this idea that um, it's really hard for a business to disrupt itself. And this is something that Clayton Christensen talked a lot about and wrote about. Um, and luckily enough, so did Teen Zoe. And in, uh, I forget what date this newsletter is. It was in the last two or three weeks. Do you have it? I don't, I don't have the date. I'll, we'll find it. Okay. Um, but he, he, he asks, you know, so what happens when the new subscription service starts colliding with your legacy systems? How do you project the growth business even while supporting the legacy business? And this is an interview he did with, I believe, one of Zora's data scientists. Correct. Right? Yep. Yeah, this guy is, um, yeah, Zora, Zora is uh, Senior Vice President of Global Services. Um, so he, he combs through this every day and helps companies transition. Uh, and they identified three ways to launch a new subscription. You build a new launch organization with new symptoms system. So you just spin out right mm -hmm. from scratch. You incorporate the launch effort into your existing system, people, assets, all of that. And you try and, uh, you know, grow that and then just kind of overtake the legacy system over time. And the third is, or you just dive into a wholesale organizational transformation where you just go in and, and just try and, change the legacy system you know all at once which we know is really difficult uh because you know we've saw this with hourly billing to value pricing mm -hmm. right it's a really really difficult thing to do it's usually done very gradually and you know it takes a while 
Uh, very few firms can pull it off rapidly. Um, and these guys came down to pretty firm conclusion that the most successful they've seen so far is when you launch a new business. Specifically, they were also talking about systems. Yep. With, with which I thought was a fascinating angle on this. In, in that, now of course, this is is very self serving for TNSO because guess who sells a you know software as a service Absolutely. subscription package? <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So for sure. But I I think they 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 clearly do have a point here, and I think part because part of this huge challenge is your the the legacy systems that you have inside your organization are not built to truly support the subscription model, be, because what they tend to be able to do is take payments and divide it by twelve, and that's it. Yep. Yep. And and that's and that's the best of them. But where, whereas if you really have a, a software solution that is fully and coalesced around the notion of subscription and the fact that you are going to be changing what is and is not covered or included in your subscription model so that that also then feeds back as to whether people have good the proper access from a, um, a, a data standpoint, you know, what access do they have? You know, this is why we use Patreon, because they handle all of this for us. Right. But but th so there that's a back end systems that, that we use to allow that to happen. And and Ed, when you know the the ultimate goal, of course, is the ultimately is the transformation. You know, it's that third mm -hmm. way. Um, but they said that uh, you can't get there with Model B, the one in the middle, where you just kind of throw in the subscription unit into the existing system mm -hmm. and kind of hope it. It grows and takes over. Well, the, the incentives aren't there for the, the team to sell it because they're being paid on the old model. The profit margin, the profit, as Clayton Christensen calls it, and I love it, the profit formula is different, mm -hmm. right? And they're just not going to be incentives to do it. And it's going to die. And we've seen this over and over and over. And Clayton has, you know, a lot of his work was documenting that. Um, so they said, look, there's only two, there's only two models. Either, either you go to the model C where you do the, you know, the, the whole transformation, mm -hmm. but they said for that to work, you got to be solidly committed. Yes. That's, that's Adobe. We are going to turn the switch and we're going to take the heat from the shareholders, <laughs> from the customers, right? I mean, everybody complained about that that switch and they just did it because they knew it was in the long-term interest of the organization but swallow the fish uh, yeah swallow the fish but the most successful of those three is the launch and that is corroborated by what clayton christensen found in his work uh so spinning out a new um a new firm and mm -hmm. hopefully it will cannibalize the old yeah and that's what scares the crap out of people they uh, like well, do do we really are are we willing to to cannibalize our old stuff yeah uh you know you got to throw off yesterday to invest in tomorrow as peter mm -hmm. drucker used to say and uh it's tough and, and and if you think about it i mean your example with intuit there they kind of went with the middle option they went with the evolution they threw in the cloud offering into their existing model and it kind of just grew until it started to push out the mm -hmm. on-premises right um but you know they're into it and and uh <laughs> most people don't have their managerial uh competence 
Well, and the, the the question that's still unknown is, would it have been better going using the, what team calls the A model, right? The the so we, you know, we, we'll never know. You'll never right, know. right. Um, and or you know, I guess you could also. There's got to be another way where you go out and you buy an existing like cloud, like you guys did with Intact, mm-hmm. you know, which was a brilliant move, right? Right. I mean, they were leader in that space. Yep. No, absolutely. All right, Ron, we're up against our last break. Ron, remind you that you can contact either of us by sending that email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, we do have that Patreon channel. Please go check that out, patreon.com slash tsoe, bonus episodes, as well as commercial-free versions of the show. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now you know that for $5 you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're doing a subscription economy update. And Ed, Clayton Christensen, who we did a whole show on, I believe, Memorable Mentors, uh, he used to say a business can't disrupt itself. And he used to, you know, that was one of his main themes of his work was why not? You know, these really, really intelligent companies like Sears being just overtaken all of a sudden by Walmart. You know, how, how's that happen? Well, f- well, first it happens gradually and then all of a sudden, you know, like Oscar Wilde, how do you, how'd you go mm-hmm. bankrupt first? Yep. You know, gradually, then all of a sudden. sudden. Um, and in the 1990s, of course, uh, you know, when the Internet was just getting started, the brokerage business, right? So the old way to get stock was to, you called your broker, you know, Merrill Lynch. You got them on the phone. They had a bunch of phone operators. You placed an order. It cost you about $300. Charles Schwab comes out and he says, well, 
I think we can do better than that. So he puts in some systems, better technology, automates it a bit, like we see what's going on with accounting, you know, all this great technology. Mm -hmm. He gets it down to $79 a trade. And this is all going on in the 90s. And then, of course, the Internet hits. And Schwab says, hmm, there's a way to do this online that doesn't have really any of the overhead. So my price might be lower, but the volume's going to increase. And so this is what they did. Now, how they do that? They didn't try and put the $29 trade. So they took, the, they took it for, they, they left their $79 business, $79 mm-hmm. trade of business uh, intact. And they spun out a brand new entity their online entity and they said this is $29 a trade and they disrupted themselves so they set up a new business unit and the price dropped to $29 obviously but the volume went up dramatically in 1996 when they started this they did 11,800 online trades by 1999 so three years later they were doing 200,000 online trades uh, <clears throat> this was globally or I'm in the U.S., one-third of those went through Schwab. Wow. And so, you know, they had two two and a half million active accounts online, and they had $219 billion in assets in just three years because it was a different profitability equation. And he said, Charles Schwab said, I could have never done that in the, in the legacy model. I had to spin out a brand-new unit that eventually – cannibalize the old one uh and i think that might be the way we're going to have to go with this subscription uh, if you're not a dr paul who started subscription a dpc right right out of residency mm-hmm. so he never had <clears throat> anything to convert from i think we might have to spin out a new entity to do subscription yes and where we're seeing this is it play out ron is is even in the re- retail environment another thing from teens newsletter re- retail invents reinvents the subscription in their subscription economy that retailers plan to open more stores than ever before and you say well why is that well the cheap rent now uh, surplus vacancies so there's lots of places for them to go but as we've heard hiring seems to continue to be a problem although now that the unemployment uh, insurance benefits have started to trickle off a little bit we're starting to see that turn around ever so slightly but what we're thinking here, there certainly is going to be some underlying technology that helps them innovate, but really it's about creating retail experiences. So with that, and that's what people do. They're being transformed into experience, experiential destinations serving a purpose beyond shopping. Uh, stores are evolving to become hubs to enable greater convenience, offering customers immersive experiences in new and exciting ways. M&M's has a digital immersive experience. Burberry has a total uh, has a has a uh, social retail store that they're calling it, and so I think this is uh, Amazon is even continuing to diversify and look at, at at opening some bricks and mortar stores. And Google is going to have its first physical store open in New York City this summer. Yeah, and what's Google going to put in a store? <laughs> I guess it's one of it's computer right computers. It's, it's, yeah, well, it's gotta, it, it, yeah, you know, yeah, but but yeah, beyond that, Chromebooks. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Warby Parker has got mm-hmm. stores, and now I don't think there's subscription. They might have a subscription offering. I've never looked, but um, yeah, I, I, this is another interesting thing. When you have subscribers, and then you open up a brick and mortar, you could do very interesting things with that. Special events, special product offerings that are only available to you as a subscriber. 
I mean, there's lots of very interesting things you could do to, to create, like you say, that experience. I yep. think it's awesome. I think it's awesome that you wouldn't get if you just had a regular, you know, walk-in store. Because now you've got a direct relationship with people. That's right. By the way, buried in this story, too, is that, that uh, Coca-Cola is reviving a subscription, its own subscription model. Yeah, I saw that, too. Yeah, yeah. So That's really interesting. That will be you interesting know, to see what happens there. On, on retail, Ed, one of the other things that Clayton talks about is department stores. And if you, it's kind of like um, automobiles, you know, in the in the heyday of the automobiles remember there were like you know 100 maybe 200 automobile companies mm-hmm. and they all it, it all shook out down to three right they merged they went out of business whatever uh same thing happened sort of in with department stores you know if you look at department stores there were well over 300 major you know the 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 uh, dayton what is it dayton hudson and the macy's and the you know Gimbals, alexander's and, 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 yeah you can go down go the list right the list yep and they, they by, by, I forget the year, I wish I could remember the year, but shook down to eight. <laughs> there were like eight left. And this was because of Kmart and Walmart, mm-hmm. uh, even to some extent, I think Sears. Um, but certainly these new disruptors, well, Dayton Hudson, one of the old ones, you know, mm-hmm. and big, and big um, they said, well, we got to compete. We got we to gotta, we gotta compete with these new offerings. But they didn't do it as Dayton Hudson. They did it as Target. Interesting. Did and that was that. that was Clayton's point. He said they established Target, separate brands, spun it out, different business model, different demographic, different you know offering. Everything about it was different. He said they could have never done that within Dayton Hudson. They could have never done that, and Dayton Hudson knew that. They recognized that. That's one of the the examples he gives as a success story of spinning out a new business. So. I do think we're going to see that. And then, of course, the other issue that we have to tackle with subscription, uh, especially in knowledge work, is scalability. It's, uh, it, it came up yesterday when I was talking. Uh, it's uh, One of our colleagues, Verisage uh, Fellows, Matthew Burgess, talks about the issues and challenges with scalability. Mm-hmm. And uh, don't worry, Matthew, we're not ignoring it. Uh, we know it's there. We know there are issues. But... I'll, I'll just say, um, I think there's scalability challenges in any model, oh, of course. whether you're billing yeah. by the hour or value pricing. Uh, so I, I want to flush that out a bit more, and, and uh, maybe we can get Matthew to come back on and, and talk about the scalability challenges and, and what ways we could possibly try and overcome that. And so how, is it di- how is it different in, in the subscription model, at least in his mind? as opposed to in the other models. Because as you said, all businesses are going to have scalability challenges. The question right. is, is what's different about it? I think part of it is, and I don't know how big of a part, and I wouldn't say 50%, I might say 20%. Part of it is the, the uh, swallowing the fish. You know, you've got to go out and hire human capital knowledge workers, and they're very expensive, and yet you're only getting, you know, this one twelfth or whatever. But I think there's ways to tweak that. There may be ways to change your payment terms at least in the upstart years or something but um you know i still think there's ways to scale it uh otherwise pilot you know pilot wouldn't have a thousand customers and jody grunden who now i believe is over 10 million Mm dollars in fact i just read something and i i couldn't tell if it was a taste he said his firm's up to 20 million in something i read 
Wow. When he was, when you interviewed him, because I wasn't there, but when you interviewed him, he was like at $7 million. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he merged. He could have possibly merged with somebody or whatever, but he, I, I just read recently, he's at $20 million. To get well, that's 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 getting big. Does that put him in the top one hundred? I mean, no, but it gets him probably in the top two hundred. Yeah, maybe three hundred. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so interesting stuff. So anyway, those are some of the issues, and we're not we're not leaving this topic, and we haven't lost our enthusiasm for it. So. Uh, no, these, it only continues no. to grow, uh, fortunately yeah. or unfortunately, for our audience. So if you, <laughs> if you, if you, if you're not interested in this topic, don't expect us to jump off it anytime soon. Well, one good thing Ed is the programs I did yesterday. Uh, well, one of them did involve VP two O. People were very excited about it. I was getting a lot of questions on you know what's this look like, but um, there were absolutely it resonated with people. The relationship resonated that this is why i got into this business resonated with people right to help people at a deeper broader level and and uh so we i i think we're still skating to where the puck's going to be continued dun 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 all right ron what do we got coming up next week we have joe woodard coming on next week one of our most popular guests and uh i'm sure he'll be talking about what's coming up at scaling new heights but uh, we'll hit we'll hit them with some questions on some other interesting stuff too. I'm sure, including subscription. Yeah, absolutely. I know he's a big proponent. All right. Well, I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. Join us next week at 3 p.m. Eastern. That's noon Pacific. But in the meantime, please feel free to visit us on the web at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. 